Conductor, conductor, conductor. Everybody, welcome back to your favorite podcast, America's favorite podcast. It's Controlled Chaos, episode number what, Owen? Uh, forty. Episode forty, ladies and gentlemen, back at you live from the great city of Houston, Texas, with episode forty. We've been through forty. That's forty straight weeks of programming, Owen. That's a lot of weeks. That is a lot. I'm kind of sad, honestly, that we weren't able to do episode forty on the forty acres. I know uh, that would have been perfect. But we but... are back in person. Yeah, we're back in action. Which is uh, which is nice. You gotta love it. In you, the age, you, you truly gotta love it. In the seven one three, as Travis Scott would say, live from the seven one three, we got a lot to talk about. Okay, we got NBA playoffs. We got Olivia Rodrigo. We got MLB action. We got everything. Just a little bit of everything on this fine week. So without further ado, let's just jump right in. Owen, oh, like I mentioned, Olivia Rodrigo debut album Sour releases this past week. Uh, coming off her performance on Saturday Night Live, how are we thinking? What did we think about this album? I'm gonna be. I mean, it's not my style of music. I'm gonna start off by saying that I three years ago, if I was going through a breakup, this would have been great. Exactly. And, and honestly, the best thing for me that came out of this album was the memes. Uh, oh man. The no the the Olivia Rodrigo names blank as her favorite rap album in a recent interview is my favorite one. <laughs> I like Love Is Rage too. That was awesome. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, but I mean, I'm not gonna deny the fact that she's talented, and I like a lot of the influences that she has, and I think she has a career ahead of her. Certainly, I can hear Taylor Swift influences. I can hear like Paramore, like we've mentioned before, like 2000s like punk influences. And I think she does have somewhere to go with that. I think there is a, a bright future. I think she's I think she's on a good track right now. I'm just, you know, I I I, I like what she did with the album. I just don't enjoy listening to it myself. Yeah, you mentioned it. Like three years ago, breakup season, oh my goodness. I'd be doing cartwheels, okay? Um, but that's not to say that this wasn't a good album, right? Um I enjoyed it. I mean driver's license of course and the amount of hype that she got i mean this is like the, the next generation are insane oh my gosh she has over 10 million streams on the opening track already i know Friday. it's nuts 40 million uh monthly listeners as of right now yeah. daniel house only has 70 monthly listeners that was a funny meme um but you know all, all jokes aside i think this was a, a very good album. i'm kind of feeling old now and i don't know yeah. I, I just feel like yeah. this is like the next generation like it's well, weird to me. I know. I was like, like I don't want to sound like a boomer, but like, I maybe we are just becoming old heads in music. Like, I was thinking about the that the other day. Like, there hasn't been an album that was dropped, in in probably like I would say the last album that was dropped where I listened to it the night it came out and said this is a classic was Astro World. Yeah. I can't think of another album since then where I listened to it like that night. I was excited to listen to it, and I came out of it like feeling satisfied. Yeah. And, and I don't know if that's just a sign of the times or if that's just me becoming old. Yeah, I mean, I really liked Cuddy's album, right? Yeah. Man that on the Moon 3. Was, I, I, but I don't know, it, what is it going to take for me to get to that Astral World yeah. spot? Because I'm right there yeah. with you. When I, I listened to Astral World for the first time, I mean, that was yeah. like, whoa, okay. Yeah, the only album that I've had somewhat of, of an experience like that with since then is Circles. But obviously that's different circumstances. It's a posthumous release. You know, the music itself isn't, 
amazing necessarily, but given the circumstances, whatever. I mean, it's a it's a great album in that scenario. But like Astro World was hyped up for two years. It finally dropped, and somehow it wasn't overhyped. Exactly. Like, and and I don't know if that's like I don't know. I I just feel like I'm becoming sort of a boomer for that. Yeah, I know it's wild, man. We're growing up. It's crazy, but still. Uh, back to Olivia Rodrigo. I really, you know, it was a decent album. I mean, it, there was like power ballads mixed with just like really sad stuff. Yeah. Like but I with, need with the occasional like <laughs> the occasional like punk rock like yeah. I don't need you anymore. Come on, yeah. I'd be yeah, like, exactly. whoa, it's crazy. Um, I need Daniel Caesar to drop, man. I mean that yeah. that that's that's oh mercy. Yeah. Um, but still, um. I mean, just you gotta feel good for me. Eighteen, just dropping stuff like that—that's wild, Crazy. wild to think about. So, uh, moving on, a very slow week other than the Olivia Rodrigo album. Uh, Masego, the Studying Abroad Deluxe. There were a lot of gems when that album dropped, yeah. um, but the deluxe version. What did we think? I, I think that's the perfect word for it—is gems, because like none of these songs are incredible. None of these are gonna are gonna break streaming records. None of these are even gonna get close to a Billboard chart. Obviously, Masego not nearly as popular. Uh, he has seven million monthly listeners on Spotify, but I would guess about seventy five percent of them are the song "Tado," like the one that's popular on TikTok. I don't know mm -hmm. how to say it, but the the TikTok song that he has. And other than that, like, I mean, this guy is just kind of flying under the radar but every single song he drops has like a unique sound to it mm -hmm. he's got some really unique features i mean he's dropping songs right now with people who i've never heard of um and, and it's it's just it's fun to listen to it's easy to listen to uh i i enjoy it yeah i was listening to silver tongue devil um yeah. on my way to work yesterday and i was like man this is a really good song and i'm like everything's different like you could go from mystery lady to silver tongue devil to by felicia and it's just like everything is different it's nothing is the same with uh, masigo yeah. so i really enjoy that um he's gonna pop off i mean he already is technically with the tiktok song but like i don't consider tiktok famous to be like a thing you know like yeah you know, i just don't get it like hood rich pablo juan you know like <laughs> You know, like, yeah. I mean, where does he make... I mean, it's it's just like an algorithm is deciding what is popular and what is not. Mm -hmm. um, but if you really get down to the depths of what his music brings to the table, it's really good stuff. Mm -hmm. So, um, good for Masego, man. Other than that, uh, what else we got? Lil, Lil, Lil Nas X. Sun Goes Down. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't really have any words I, for that I, one. I feel like we should at least mention that it dropped. He's one of the hottest artists in the world. Album coming soon. But I listened to it once... And I kind of forgot about it, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty forgettable. I, I, I guess that means it was forgettable. I didn't dislike it. I didn't really like it. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But you know what I did listen to and I did like? Yeah, what did you like, Owen? That's uh, going to be Makami. Really? With the album Pray for Haiti. It had a bunch of Griselda on it. Uh, West Side Gun was on probably half the songs, especially his ad-libs. The boom, 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 boom. I love that ad-lib. Uh, and he was on there. But yeah, Makami. Uh, Pray for Haiti had a really interesting sound because you could tell he was trying to go into that like Haitian influence that that you've heard mm -hmm. uh, before on I mean Young Thug has tapped into it before on Wycliffe Jean. That's such a good song. It's <laughs> a great song. Uh, but yeah, this is a pretty good album. It's 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 his first drop since 2019. I know there are a lot of people out there that like praise Macomi, like love him, like oh think yeah, he's, think he's like. The second coming of Christ. Uh, oh, wow. Like best rapper of all time. 
Uh, and I don't think he's that by any means, but uh, I, I do think he fits well into the Griselda scene. And I think uh, getting involved with that group and, you know, dropping a lot with them is, is going to help out his career. Yeah, I, I I really enjoyed it. I mean, I like that little 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 ad lib action. Can you can you do the ad lib again, Owen? Boop, 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 boop. There we go. That's that the that's the one right there. That's that's the money maker for Matt Comey. I I enjoyed it. Um, it was solid. I mean, other than that, I don't really. It was a pretty boring week, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I didn't really. I I need to. I, I will say one thing. Personal note. I need to start making playlists, right? There's yeah. Dot Chaos Radio, right? But anytime I get in the car, I just have it put on shuffle. Mm, so I'll go from Get Got by the Death Grips <laughs> to like, you know, Daniel Caesar to Tame and Paul. Like, it yeah. is just a hodgepodge of just craziness. Yeah, I've got to figure something out too. Yeah. So like, I need to like, and that's just like in real like just organization. Like, I don't, I, I'm not organized when it comes to music at all. Like, it is like literally, I'll be driving. But, like, sometimes it's good because I'll go from, like, Ricky Martin to, like, Ozuna. And then it'll go to, like, Aaron May. Yeah, yeah. By the way, Aaron May needs to drop. Okay? I'm driving over to Fort Bend day in and day out, right? I'm in your hood, Aaron May. He needs to pull up, man. He needs to pull up and drop drop some tunes. Yeah. Um. Still, shout out Aaron May. Big man. Young hustler. Um, but, Owen, we have one last thing. I'm going to let you get on your soapbox real quick. What do we think about Austin City Limits, right? Dude, I wanted to I wanted to pull the trigger on it before I saw the lineup. I, you know, it's like $300 after you get through all the taxes and fees. It's not a cheap festival. It's a 3-day thing. I can understand it, whatever. Um the lineup comes out this week and it is awful. I just want to go out and say that. Like I I don't I I said something like this on Twitter. I don't know who is spending $300 on that, but Whoever it is, they either have too much money or they're just going there for the aesthetic because the music itself is really, really, really unimpressive in my mind. Um, I mean, your headliners, you've got obviously Billie Eilish uh, is probably the biggest uh, grabber, I would I would guess. But I mean, there's such weird names in there. Miley Cyrus is a headliner. Um, God, who else? Stevie Nicks. Yeah, like what? The literally just the one, the uh, the the cranberry juice guy, literally brought Stevie Nicks back from that one video, and um, other than that, like it's, I've already forgot half of them. George Strait, that's an interesting. That one. is an interesting one, and he's coming to the Houston yeah, Livestock Show and Rodeo. See, but I can understand going to the rodeo. He fits perfectly there, but an ACL that's so like uncharacteristic of a modern day austin like 20 years ago sure but with how much austin is like changed in the past decade it just doesn't feel like there's going to be an audience for that and mm-hmm. then you get down through it i mean the baby is a headliner and then right after the baby is erica badu like it, it's, <laughs> it's like bizarre. it's like my music library there, yeah there's, there's <laughs> it's not just a, a bunch it, of randos it does not it does not fit a person's music taste in the world there isn't a single person in the world i think who like has a playlist with all six of these artists that just has george Strait, billy eilish stevie nicks miley cyrus the baby and erica badu on their playlist. the fact that you would have like george Strait next to ocean eyes right yeah, yeah. and then and then like even like the first row like megan the stallion i don't know why she's not a headliner yet. yeah she's not listed as a headliner she should be um doja cat is right there understandable 
that that one that would be solid sense. yeah but then after that machine gun kelly like yeah and <clears throat> yeah i don't really get that you know he won best rock music best rock album <laughs> in the at the billboard <laughs> music awards like what it's embarrassing come on man but i i don't know it's just such a weird lineup i guess that's i mean keep austin weird so it checks out in that sense but like i genuinely wanted to go to acl this year just because like festivals are coming back you know life's getting back to normal somewhat and i was excited and i am no longer even i'm i'm not touching this festival with a 10-foot pole a 10-foot pole no wow that's that's three yards shout out our boy dz brown though he's yeah on, he's on yeah. the list he's, he's on he's on the weekend one list on the very bottom row i was proud of myself because i actually knew one of the people down there nice Boy, easy, cold with it, man. Um, no, it's just like I don't know. I hope South by blows blows out of the water, yeah, you know. Cool. Um, but I'm just I'm like low key. I'm just really getting hyped for the possibility of a Travis Scott, Megan The Stallion, and Maxo Cream H Town yeah. song because you know Maxo has a song with Megan The Stallion, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just imagine the Trav hops on. Is she live? Is that what yeah. yeah, that's a banger that's too. A banger. I love and that was before Megan like started to pop off. I'm like, off. damn. Or just like a Maxo Cream Travis Scott song. Yeah. Just some H Town stuff. Shout out to the boy Trey the Truth winning Change Maker of yeah. the Year award at the Billboard yeah. Music Awards too. Yeah. Good for him. Um, but yeah, I mean, I miss Maxo Cream. Yes. I want him to drop again. Yeah. Life was good when Maxo Cream dropped his last album. Hey, I just remember like. I listened to that album, and I didn't think it was like a good album, but I, like necessarily. But I was just like, yeah, yeah. So I, I you it, saw I was your just dog. Into it the whole time. Yeah, I, I'm probably gonna put in like a 10 second clip of like he had a song. He had a song with Travis on that album too. He's done a song with yeah, Travis yeah, yeah. and Megan before. I'm putting like a 10 second clip in like right now, just because it's bangers. Enjoy, please, wherever you are, just enjoy this 15 seconds of Maxo Cream. Like, just, just imagine yourself in a in a world pre COVID, and you're just banging this song on a Saturday afternoon. Like that that is that is life, right? That is the essence of life, you know? Yeah. Maxo Cream man. You remember do you remember when BTS reposted a Maxo Cream song? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he uh he quoted it on Twitter and said BTS Crippin. That's probably one <laughs> of my boy Maxo. Of all time. That is awesome. that is a high quality tweet. That's in the Hall of Fame. Hanging in the loo, ladies and gentlemen. Um so yeah, speaking of hanging in the loo, Owen, it's yeah. time to I think we should have hanged in the loo this past weekend of NBA playoffs. I mean, it was really good. Really good. High-quality action right there. I mean, the play-in tournament is here to stay, in my opinion. I think that was like, amazing basketball. Um, you know, it, yeah. it, it, going in, I wasn't really expecting to enjoy it, but, man, did I. I'm, I'm glad the Grizzlies beat the Warriors, too. Not because I'm rooting for one of those teams specifically, but I feel like to validate the play-in tournament, you have to have an upset happen. Because otherwise, what are you doing it for? We almost had it where just the 7 beat the 8 and then the 8 beat the 9. And the, just the 7 and 8 were there in the same order. Mm-hmm. But we actually did end up getting an upset with the Grizzlies beating the Warriors, which was, I, I guess, it. I, I get like I said, it just validates it, makes it so it's actually a thing. And then the Grizzlies come out and win game one against the Jazz, which makes it that much better. I know. And I know Spida was pretty pissed off yeah. at the Jazz because he wasn't able to play. Yeah. But, it's I mean, going to be interesting to see how that develops. I think he has to play game two now. Oh, he has to. Especially if you lose game one, you lose home court. You can't, yeah, you can't sit him down 0-1 and have him stay angry at you because that's, that's the type of thing where, like, He's getting traded to the Knicks after this season if he doesn't play game two. God. Like, he's on his way out. That'd be wild. That would be wild. He'd fit so well there. Yeah, exactly. That would be perfect. 
Um, but no, I mean, I I think the the Grizz have a so, I mean a solid chance in that series. Shout out Dylan Brooks. Yes, thirty piece. Thirty piece. You and know, he, yeah, he trash talks too. Yeah, I love it. I love it. You know uh, how he got to the Grizzlies zone? Yeah, how's that? The Rockets traded a second round pick to the Grizzlies to free up cap space, and the Grizzlies got Dylan Brooks. And now he's dropping thirty. In the and playoffs. now he's dropping thirty in the playoffs. But you know what? We're not gonna fret. Um. I, I just don't know uh, how fragile the Jets, uh, not the Jets, the Jazz are in the playoffs, right? Yeah. They have... I mean, last night partially is a poor shooting night. Bogdanovich yeah. had a chance to tie it at the buzzer. They only lost by one possession, and they shot 12 of 47 from, th- from three. Mm-hmm. I mean, Clarkson alone, sixth man of the year, probably the best scorer on that team when Donovan Mitchell isn't playing, shoots 0 for 8 from three himself. Exactly. So, I mean, it's certainly like the, the Jazz are going to look at that not as like, man, we got outplayed. They're going to look at that as we beat ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that's easily solvable. Uh, yeah, true. I, I still think Donovan Mitchell has to. Has he to has to play. Game two. He has to. They have to let him. Exactly. Um, my my big thing right now is is this playing tournament going to act like how the MLB wild card, uh, when they implemented the wild card game, how that works? Because you have these teams, and in this case, the Grizzlies. What were they? The ten seed, right? Nine seed. Nine seed. Yeah. You have this team, right? And they are already on a momentum. They're getting hot at the yeah, right they, time. They're getting hot. They're getting confident. You know, you see in the MLB, the Angels had the best record in baseball in 2014. Mm-hmm. Royals come from behind against the A's. Royals win, and then the A's, the Angels get swept. Because they're on fire. They have confidence. Now, I'm not going to say that the Grizzlies are going to sweep the Jazz, no. But I will say I'm going to give them a fighting chance. And you know what my favorite comparison is? To, with this Grizzlies team, someone said they remind them of like a a March Madness team, and I love yeah. that comparison because John Morant is on that team, Murray State, twelve seed, Dylan Brooks is on that team, went to Oregon, he made a run at Oregon, uh, Grayson Allen is on that team, another like college legend. Like, there's so many guys on this team that like made their name in college, and now they're in the NBA. Like, I know, I know, obviously everyone comes from college, but like. They have these March Madness stories. Justice Winslow is on that mm-hmm. team. I believe he made a run in March Madness. Like Tyus Jones had that. He was on the the Zion teams, but I don't know. I just think that's I think that's a perfect comparison because, like you said, they build that momentum and they they get into this series and they take Game One. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly, and, and don't it could it could happen again? Don't sleep on Grayson Allen though. It's a Grayson Allen revenge series, Owen. Yeah, for the Grizz. Um, I'm just excited it's to see Mike the Conley revenge series. True. True. And we got a little FedEx Forum action. Um, gotta love the FedEx Forum, man. It's a it's a great venue, yeah? yeah. Home of the uh, the Memphis Tigers. Penny and the boys. Anyway, uh, so who do you have in this series on? I'm still going to go Jazz and... I would have said Jazz and five before the series. I'm sort of inclined to go Jazz and six now just because I think the Grizzlies could take one more. Uh, but I, I still think the Jazz pull the series out. I'm not bold enough to pick a to pick an eight over a one after one game yeah i'll probably go jazz and six as well that's what I, my thinking was i think the grizz have the they'll probably win game three on their home floor that's i can see that i can, I can see, see that three or four um i'll see him in going in six though i like that and moving on next series on oh, a little bucks heat action um how about chris middleton yeah got him um, so the Heat are down one nothing. Um, Ian, just want to mention, I feel really bad for Victor Oladipo, man. Yeah. I mean, that you, you just gotta feel it's it's very brutal for him. Doctor said that it didn't wasn't like even his what was it MCL PCL. I want to say it was meniscus, maybe. Yeah, his meniscus was like was it wasn't even attached. Yeah, it wasn't even attached. Like it was just there. Like that's yeah. that's scary to think about. Um, so prayers up to him. But the Bucks and Chris Middleton. 
Um, I I just feel like they're gonna run through the Heat. I I you know the Heat had their run last year. It was great, but I just don't see it. I don't see them. Yeah. You know. I I before the series started, just because the Heat made such a run last year, and like, I I mean they they built that playoff level intensity. Uh, just just where it became hard to compete with them. I had at least that game, that series going six games, maybe seven. I think probably before I would have picked it in seven. Uh, I still would have gone Bucks, but I think that Heat team is pesky in the playoffs. Um, and at the least, the Bucks are going to be tired by the time they get to the second round. Mm-hmm. The Heat are going to give them everything they've got. Uh, but I'm going to go Bucks in six after that first game just because I think when you're a lower seed like that, you need to win games like that when you get it to overtime, when you have a chance to, to pull out a victory. And they were unable to do that. Obviously, Chris Middleton hit a great shot. Props to him. Uh, one of the most underrated players in the league. It's flirting with 50, 40, 90 every season, which mm-hmm. is insane. Uh, but, yeah, um, I'm thinking Bucks and six. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll go. I'll echo that sentiment. I, yeah, I, I'll go Bucks and five. Why not? I'll say Heat win game three at the American Airlines Center, and then Bucks will just take care of them from there. Um I like uh, I like them. I like the Bucks, Coach Budenholzer. Remember when we first started the podcast? We were we were yeah, we were calling for him to get fired. That was episode one, I think. Uh, yeah, it was episode full one. Circle? Yeah, we're coming full circle, Owen. Crazy to think about. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, there's not really too much to talk about. It's kind of a boring series, in my opinion. Um, an uh, unboring series, thanks to a bunch of fireworks last night. Trey Young and the Hawks. That's gonna be that's gonna turn out quickly to be the best series of the first. Yeah, round. and I think a lot of people anticipated that kind of energy at Madison Square Garden last night, but I don't think anyone could have guessed it would be that crazy. Like, it sounded like a packed house. They only had fifty percent capacity for that mm-hmm. game. It sounded like a packed house. It was loud. I mean, you had Spike Lee front row. They were showing Tracy Morgan a lot front row. I mean, they they had. It felt like a Knicks game. Yeah, um, which is I think this past weekend. And one thing that we're going to find out is this past weekend felt normal. Yeah, it did. It felt like regular playoff series. Exactly. I mean, we have basketball playoffs going on. I mean, hell, the Dodgers and Angels are opening full capacity. Like, that's crazy to think about. Astros as well. You're starting to see things get open and we're starting to actually get back to normal. We saw we saw a crowd walk with Phil Mickelson yeah, coming up yeah. the 18th green. Like it's those things that is going to make society feel like the world is normal. But I do want to get back to Madison Square Garden one thing. You could see even though it was only 50% capacity, there was vaccinated sections and there was unvaccinated sections. You see the vaccinated sections, these people were just it's regular, it's normal. Yeah. And the unvaccinated sections it, it's back to the doom and gloom of two people. Four seats, yeah, two yeah. people. So I I really hope that throughout the course of the playoffs, we can start to see more and more people. And then another thing for me, why are the broadcasters not traveling anymore? I understand from a logistical standpoint, it's a lot of money to you know you know pay for travel and stuff like that. But there should be something to where you could just have the broadcasters travel out. Because from what I've learned and what I've seen uh, throughout journalism and all the my journalism school and everybody that they bring in as guest speakers you thanks to cloud solutions and stuff like that you can do and you can direct broadcast you can essentially have your whole production cr- truck remote yeah and that can happen so what is the point of not having the broadcasters there because i still i think and this isn't a knock on kevin harlan 
But Kevin Harlan in arena versus Kevin Harlan at home is 100% different. Absolutely. And there's still some sort of, like, lag. There's still some sort of delay where it feels like the announcers are behind uh, a second, which is frustrating. Uh, And I get what you're saying. I mean... It would have added to the intensity to to the just the electricity that was inside of that arena if you had like a a live live call. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I wish they could play all seven games at Madison Square Garden. Oh yeah. Um, obviously that's not going to happen. But shout out Trey Young, man. Oh my goodness. Trae Young. Oh my goodness. Um, he flipped that crowd around uh-huh. onto their head in seconds they were loud all game the first chant they bring out the, in the first quarter is f trey young and then he comes back hits a floater with less than a second left to put him up to give him the win he shushes the crowd yeah it's um, real f- quiet in here yeah like that is that is a bold move that's a reggie miller-esque move right there and i love absolute it. dog i mean yeah. he's a man um i yeah i mean this series is going to be probably the most fun one. Uh, I saw Atlanta also is opening up full capacity in their stadium, so I'm sure once once the Knicks get over there, they're going to hear some too because that's a that's a, another one of the better fan bases in basketball. Um, but yeah, this is this series. I, I definitely see going seven. I, I think there's too much depth on both sides, too many X factors on both sides for it not to, uh, in my mind at least. And I I think I see the Hawks even winning Game Seven in MSG. Really. See, my, my thinking is I know I, I know the Knicks lost, but I don't think they lose another game in Madison Square Garden. That means they just have to win one of the games at the State Farm Arena, right? Yeah. Um, and we don't know what the atmosphere is going to be like in Atlanta, but we know what the atmosphere in New York is going to be every day or every game that is going to be yeah. played there. I mean, and, and, and most of this is irrelevant because we mentioned this is the 4-5 matchup. The, the loser has to play the 76ers. So yeah. good luck. Yeah. Right, and the 76ers yeah. are just. I I don't even know what to, how to put it into words. On they're just they're they're going I think crazy. They, I think they cruise into the conference finals. They look so so good. But I mean, yeah, like this this Knicks Hawks matchup is just enjoy it in the first round while it lasts, because I think in the Eastern Conference you really have it, it's a three team race in my mind. I like no disrespect to the Knicks, no disrespect to Trey Young. Um, I mean even. Even getting down to the Celtics, I guess, and the Heat, no disrespect to them, but I, I think it's the Bucks, the Nets, the 76ers, and everyone else. Mm-hmm. Because I, I think, you know, obviously Giannis, um, MVP, Chris Middleton there has been amazing. Drew Holiday has been such a great acquisition for them. The Nets, obviously, with their big three. And then the 76ers, just shout out Daryl Morey, shout out Elton Brand, shout out everyone in that organization for just creating this team for for knowing how to operate as a team because they are so so good oh man i mean they it it makes me it it truly makes me kind of sad you know just because you see daryl morey you know in his element we already know daryl morey's cut that way i mean that's not a knock on elton brand respect elton brand but daryl morey got there and he started implementing the things he was implementing with the Rockets. And it's perfect for a team like this. You have your coach. You have your team. It's just, simply put, they're, they're built that way. And I, I think it's going to be really easy for them to just stroll through into the conference finals. Now, they're going to find a matchup with the Nets. I'm going to call it. I'm going to say the Nets are going to meet them in the Eastern Conference Finals. And okay. I, I think the Nets have a legitimate chance of pulling off the upset. Or not upset, but, I mean... I, I think the Nets, if they're healthy and they play like they can play, 
uh, it should be light work for them. Not oh, light. For sure. Oh yeah. Not, I mean, not yeah. They're gonna compete because I mean that that series I see like at least 110 points on both sides in every game. I mean that's just gonna be an absolute burner of a series, which is crazy because the 76ers are a good defensive team. It's just anyone who matches up against this Nets team, uh, they're gonna run. Yeah. And the 76ers obviously have Embiid on one end. Simmons is one of the best facilitators in the league. He had a 15 rebound, 15 assist in game, uh, performance in game one. Uh, I mean, you've got Tobias Harris coming out and scoring 37 in game one. Obviously, Seth Curry there for, for shooting. You know, Matisse Thybul. It's such a well-crafted team. And they're so good at scoring despite, you know, how, how many, you know, defensive-minded players it seems they have on the team. Uh, but but when you match up against Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and James Harden, it is hard not to have to play with them because they are just so quick and they're so talented. Honestly, is like the only way to say it. Uh, and and I really don't think uh, the 76ers are gonna are gonna be able to slow that game down. So they need to just beat the Nets at their own game. Oh yeah, exactly. I mean, we discussed it. I mean, that that is going to be. Uh, it's just going to be a shootout. It's just scores upon scores upon scores. And I, I find that the Nets, you know, after what they've been doing to the Celtics, the Celtics just don't have what it takes. And it, it, it's, it's you know, this is a team that, you know, just two years ago with Kyrie Irving, they looked really good. And that's not to say that they don't. I mean, losing, you know, some star players and not being at full capacity is not, you know, the best – way to look at it but still i mean the nets just are just dominating them easily it just yeah. it looks like the harlem globetrotters at times i mean they didn't they didn't even have all of their big three since february they they had at least one of the three guys out every game dating back to like valentine's day and they still are the two seed which which should say something because you look at the other side the the lakers lose lebron and ad they fall down to the seven seed the nets did not do that Mm -mm. Uh, and, and I know there are different circumstances because for most of those games, they did at least have one of their stars and the Lakers were pretty much missing both of them uh, indefinitely at one point in the season. But it doesn't even matter which one it is, whether it was Harden carrying it or when Harden missed all that time with the hamstring, it was, you know, Irving and Durant out there at times. It, it's just it's just so fun to watch. And, and that brand of basketball, I think, is going to make for a really good second round series with the Bucks, and then hopefully conference finals matchup with the 76ers. Yeah. I, the basketball that's getting played right now is really good. I mean, I love the play in tournament. We've already discussed how much we like the play in tournament, but I, I just find that that helps, you know, build, engage interest. You know I mean? I, I feel like it, it's, it's the playoffs. Everything feels normal. And it, 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 it really truly feels more like it's not, covid it's it's just basketball and it's, it's back to where it was so uh that 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 eastern conference is is, is it, it in of itself fun um but we still have a lot of stuff in the west and i'm going to start out with my 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 bandwagon of the team my bandwagon team the suns okay yeah. we got the we got we got book we got ayton we got you know need, need i mention 2018 houston rocket chris paul i mean it's awesome to see uh and for a fan base like the suns to finally have playoff basketball and because phoenix contrary to popular belief is a basketball town uh the cardinals obviously a big deal but you know when the suns are in the playoffs it's almost akin to when the texans make the playoffs in houston like everyone shows up it is a basketball town they're rallying for the valley 
and you know for them to have you know you know the mercury you know really solid yeah. team right yeah. they've been they've been really good in the WNBA but to have you know the NBA franchise like the Suns finally you know give the city something to cheer for and albeit now they're playing the Lakers which I hated that draw I felt really bad but after watching game one and you know even though CP3 goes down DeAndre Ayton finally showed why he was the number one overall pick and now is it sustainable I don't know but you have book scoring you have Ayton neutralizing AD team looks good yeah, definitely. The one thing I will say, I, I love how the Suns performed. DeAndre Ayton completely neutralized Anthony Davis, which was incredible to see. It was honestly probably Anthony Davis's worst game of the year. Uh, and, and LeBron, too. I mean, 18 points, 10 assists, 7 rebounds. It's a good game for about anybody else. Uh, but you throw five turnovers in there as well, LeBron only taking 13 shots. Uh, I mean, it, they they truly did just beat the Lakers fair and square i mean the the lakers stars did not have good games and i will say it is reminiscent of last year's game one against the rockets and and that's that's why i'm not too excited about the suns yet uh obviously they were the better regular season team they looked great in game one but as a rockets fan there are two things that you pull from game one that just give you a bad feeling and one of them obviously is that series last year against the rockets that i just mentioned where the rockets go out and win game one houston's excited and then they lose four in a row and the other one is Chris Paul getting injured. And, and that, that truly is another thing that just gave me PTSD to watch happen. Oh, man. Yeah, obviously, going back to that, that run uh, against the Warriors, the seven-game series, Chris Paul goes down in game five. Mm. I, like, it, it's just absolutely brutal to watch because it feels like you're watching a replay. Uh, and Chris Paul did come back out for the second half. He wasn't the same Chris Paul that we've seen all year, the MVP candidate that we've seen all year. But all he needs to do is manage. Uh, manage the game. He wasn't using that arm very much, which is definitely troubling. And he only took eight shots as a result, but only one turnover, seven points, eight assists, four rebounds. I mean, he still, he still had a game and, and that's all he needs to do. He can't be a liability out there with a shoulder injury or they're going to have to stop playing him. And they're going to have to look at guys like Cameron Payne to step up. Uh, but until that happens, if Chris Paul can just go out there and play with one arm, I mean, they, they honestly could be Okay, which is crazy to think, but Devin Booker, 34, 8, 7. Uh, DeAndre Ayton, 21 and 16, only missed one field goal the entire game. I mean, they have talent there. Jay Crowder, 0 for 7 from 3. That's not going to continue. Uh-uh. I mean, it, it, it absolutely is a series that the Suns can win, and, and it should be. I mean, they're the two seed playing a seven seed, so it should be. It's just, I mean, is LeBron going to pull, pull out you know, another level? Uh, and that's certainly what I think we need to watch for in game two. Oh, most definitely. And you mentioned it with Crowder. They have the role players that just can sit behind the three-point line and splash them. So nine from 28 from three is something that I don't think continues if you're if you're a Suns fan. Um, now, when they go to L.A., how is that atmosphere going to be? You know, and it's the fact that now – when we're in the bubble, it didn't really matter whether you were the home team or the away team because you were still equal playing field. But now we have home court advantage, all that stuff, and you need to capitalize on the fact that you have it because I know those Sun fans were cheating, cheering, beat LA, beat LA. Like that, that is something huge. Um, but getting back to your point about the Rockets uh, and the the collapse after game one last year i i saw the exact same thing 
Um, they were cheering. Everybody seemed like they had, okay, yeah, we did this. But, you know, you go into yeah, game two and it, it's it's just it's gonna it's a slow burn and you can't allow it to be a slow burn so i uh, you know it's it's going to you're it's going to be one where usually you would hope in the first round you could kind of like not ease up on the gas but not have to take it to that next level whereas the suns are probably going to have to take it to the next level in this first round just because of the fact that they are playing lebron james may not be a fully healthy lebron yeah, james absolutely and but Still, it's LeBron James and a team coached by LeBron, not coached by, but is led by LeBron James in the playoffs is going to perform at least to some capacity. This is a guy that made the conference finals every year in the decade. So, yeah. uh, I mean, he's yeah, he's insane. He's just a, he, um, he's a different beast. So, you know, I, I'm really hoping for the Suns. It'll be interesting to see how they play off. The Suns will not have a home playoff game until June 1st after tonight. So that'll be yeah. interesting to see, and we'll have to look at that. But then also, Owen, we got a little, we got a little Nuggets Blazers, little Austin Rivers, Robert Covington action, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, two irrelevant players, but Damian Lillard is is cut that way, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I am. I'm excited for this series. This is the kind of series that I could see shaping up the exact way the Nuggets Jazz series did last year, mm -hmm. where you had the back and forth between Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell. I could see the exact same thing happening in this series with Damian Lillard and Nikola Jokic. And we've already seen it through the first two games. Uh, game one, Lillard 34 points, 13 assists. Blazers take it. Game two, Lillard 42 and 10, and they lose to Jokic because he had 38, 8, and 5. I mean, these guys are just going to put up insane numbers on the stat sheet. They are going to do insane things, things that humans should not be doing. Uh, and, and they're and they're just going to battle back and forth. I mean, Damian Lillard played like an absolute maniac in game two, and they still lost. Uh, nobody on the bench had more than five points. Carmelo had a bad game. Uh, Enos Cantor, minus 14 off the bench. Anthony Simons only took one shot off the bench. I mean, it, the, the the bottom line for the Trailblazers, and I, and I think the Trailblazers win this series. That's that's maybe my boldest take out of the first round. I see the Lakers taking out the Suns, uh, which would be a technically a bigger upset because that's a seven seed beating a two seed. But I see the Blazers beating the Nuggets as a bigger upset in my mind. Uh, just, I don't know. I, I feel like, you know, if the if the Nuggets can continue to attack like they did yesterday, get Nurkic in foul trouble, then they certainly could pull it out. But, I mean, Damian Lillard at the end of the day is so good. And when you get him in crunch time, he is going to be so good. Um, and, and I, I kind of just like, I, I think you need to have that star power, uh, and, and a guy that can hit big shots and big moments. And Jokic certainly has done that before, but I don't think Jokic is known for his like clutch ability. Mm -mm. Yeah. And not having Jamal Murray is like, yeah, you know, yeah, that's brutal. Austin it, it, Rivers it started terrible. I know. Can you imagine a world where Austin Rivers is starting a, a meaningful playoff game? Like what? Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, Monte Morris gets more minutes than him. Shout out Monte Morris, by the yes. way. I don't know how he's still playing for the Nuggets. I feel like he's been there forever, and like he's just been good off their bench forever. Solid, but very solid. Um, but I I do think that it's Dame time, right? We we've seen Damian Lillard night in and night out for the past almost a decade. Just go in and be clutch and that's something that is you can't teach that you can't really you know mess around with that and, and, and it's dame dollar i'm just trying to holla you know uh this guy's a rapper this guy just makes clutch socks and that's something 
they may not make it to the finals. They may not make, make it to the, the Western Conference finals. But you talk about that first round matchup. Oh, Damian Lillard's there for you, ladies and gentlemen. Easy as that. Yeah. So I, I, I do like the Blazers in this series. And I think full strength Nuggets team probably takes them out. But the Blazers yeah. um, just, you know, they're just missing that one piece. But the, they have enough to get through with this first round. So good for and, them. And, and I'll say I'll say one more thing about the Nuggets. And yeah. that's, I think Mike, I think the biggest X factor for them in this series based off of the first two games may be Michael Porter Jr. MPJ, uh, man. In that first game. And in that first game, he had a good game on the stat sheet. He had 25 points. He was literally, he was 11 of 11 from inside of three-point range. But from three-point range, he was one of 10. Mm. And I think a lot of that contributes to why Nikola Jokic in that game one only had one assist. Uh, for, for a guy that is probably going to win the MVP because of his playmaking ability at the big man position, sixth in the league with eight assists per game. Uh, which is nearly unheard of for, or I mean, it's, it doesn't happen in the modern day NBA with the big man. Um, I, I think they need him to, to continue to facilitate like that. And he obviously has to be a scorer now more than ever with Jamal Murray out, uh, as we saw with a 38 point performance, but I mean, five assists in that game as well. You can't overlook that Michael Porter jr. In this game too hits three of six, three pointers, not one of 10, uh, which is obviously a step up. He has 18 points in that game. I mean, if Michael Porter Jr. can hit his shots and can kind of blossom into the player that we thought he would be out of high school and, and sort of show that in this series rather than, you know, the Michael Porter injury or the the injury prone Michael Porter Jr., um, then, then I might honestly change my mind after watching one more game. But, I mean, series is 1-1 right now. I'm going to go... I don't want to keep picking the lower seed to win game seven in the higher seed stadium. So I'm gonna say Blazers in six, yeah. Just because I think they can, I think they can go back to Portland and they can win games. Um, but I, I'm, I'm gonna go Blazers in six in this series. I think Damian Lillard starts to turn it on. I mean, he's already, he already has it turned on. It's it's just a matter of when uh, he's gonna get the help that he needs. And yesterday, McCollum had 21 points, but only sh- took 12 shots. Uh, so he's another guy had five fouls, got into foul trouble. Um, was was kind of was kind of toning it down for for a lot of the game. It felt like, but I mean, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be a great series. I think this series has the has the ability to go the distance, and I think it's gonna be one of the more entertaining first round matchups. Oh, most definitely, most definitely. But I I, I will echo your sentiment. I will say Blazers in six as well. Um, I just like I said, Dame Dalla knows how to play, and he knows yeah. how to make clutch shots. And I that's pretty much all. That's my reasoning. That's all I need to be reasoned with. So, uh, one last series in the West. Oh, we got the Clips and the Mavs. A little rematch from last year. A little Luka action. Um, I just want to point out, before we get into the analysis, I just loved Kawhi Leonard just bodying Maxi Kleber. Oh, my like, God. That was awesome. And then, and then, like, three of them stare him down, too. It wasn't even just Kawhi staring him down. Like, the whole team just watched him yeah. sit there. That's a that's absolute a murder. Ultimate alpha move right there. Like, that is oh that God. is huge and then Kleber wants to like talk about it like oh I don't think it was not there should have been gone technical fouls like this is playoff basketball man it's yeah. a it's a different breed man it, it's cutthroat uh, and it should be you know all the fouls and playing the foul game that 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 should go out the window in the playoffs man you gotta you gotta earn your keep you gotta earn your victories and you know if if you body Maxi Kleber then it's just you know tough time for you man you just gotta accept the L and move on um yeah 
So, but uh, getting into the the series, the Mavs did end up winning that game. They stole home court advantage from the Clippers, and they took game one. Um, but it's really just going to boil down to how well is Luka Doncic going to play? That is how the Mavericks win this series, is on the back of Luka Doncic. Yeah, and and Kristaps, too. I mean, to a lesser extent, Kristaps had 14 in the first game, but 4 of 13 from the field, 1 of 5 from 3. Certainly not efficient. Uh, it, it was actually Dorian Finney-Smith and Tim Hardaway that shot so well. And in that starting lineup, they were 15 of 22 combined, hit nine threes together. Uh, so so they were the supporting cast for Luka. And what I, I think is going to need to happen is Kristaps is going to need to average the, the 20 and 10 that he's supposed to be averaging in order for them to have... Uh, the best chance at winning this series. I still like the Clippers to win this series, but if Kristaps goes out there and averages 20 and 10 for the rest of the series, I don't know how much of an answer the Clippers have for that. I mean, their their big men are Ivica Zubats and Serge Ibaka. I mean, you know, both both battle tested, both playoff guys. Mm -hmm. You know, Serge Ibaka obviously has been with it seems like every single uh, championship team over the past decade. But I mean. I think Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are just too good. Uh, I'm going to say it. I mean, they hit three of 14 threes combined in game one. That's not going to continue. Um, you know, the the team as a whole shot 28% from three. That's not going to continue. Uh, I mean, I, I it, they're such a good team well, all around, and I think this is another team that's just built well from top to bottom. Uh, I think the the acquisition of Rajon Rondo was huge. I think that's oh, like the the kind of player they needed on the bench. Um, and I think I think getting rid of Lou Will was honestly uh, the best thing they could have done, just because it felt like he you know he wasn't having the season he was expected to have. And, and Rondo has even come in and been a scorer too, uh, on top of being that facilitator of the bench unit. He also had 11 points in game one, hit three or four threes. I, I think. Rajon Rondo hitting the three is something none of us saw coming. No. Uh, at least to the extent that he has in the playoffs, it feels like, over the past couple seasons. But um, I, this is a series where I would love to root for Luka because he is one of my favorite players in the league just to watch. And I think he's going to be a – like, I, he already is a superstar. I think he's going to be, like, one of the top two players in the league in five years. Um, I, I don't know who else will be up there with him. But I think Luca is the kind of guy that's going to be up at the top of the league for the next decade, um, and, and I think I mean it's it's insane how young he is and how good he is already. So, uh, just you know, I'm preparing for that. But I think right now he just doesn't have the supporting cast around him to to win a seven game series against a team like the Clippers, who has co- former Finals MVP Kawhi Leonard, and you know you can call him Pandemic P, but Paul George is going to show up when you need him to. Exactly. Um, yeah, you're not really. You're not really going to go that far when you have Dorian Finney-Smith as one of your top secondary scoring options. It, just in my opinion, I mean, I, 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 I'm not going to say that I've watched a lot of Mavericks games this year, but just on paper, they just don't look nearly as good as the Clippers. So yeah. unless Luke is going to be putting up 30-10-10 and 10 every game, I don't think the Clippers lose the series. Yeah, oh. and that's the issue is Luca can do two of those three things and they still might not be good enough because he has to be their primary scorer. Uh, he has to be the primary facilitator uh, because in order for guys like Tim Hardaway and Dorian Finney-Smith to hit you know, as many shots as they did in game one, Luca has to be getting them the ball in good positions. And, and now, as we saw from game one, it seems like he has to be their leading rebounder too because Kristaps only had four rebounds. He's seven foot three. 
I mean, Luke is going out there as their as their point guard basically and leading the team in rebounds every night. So uh, I think at some point it's just going to get to be too much. And and you know that's no hate on Luca. I think he honestly is one of the best players in the league already. It's just you know I I think I think he's just not going to have enough help. Mm-mm. So I'm going to go Clippers in Clippers in five. No Clippers I, in Clippers in six. Clippers. In I'll six. go six too. I would have said five before the series, but that was anticipating them winning game one. So I I will also say six. But uh but, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, these well, matchups are good though. That's that's the good. They're, I mean, I think Nets Celtics is an easy matchup for the Nets, and I think 76ers Wizards is an easy matchup for the 76ers. And I would have said Jazz Grizzlies was an easy matchup for the Jazz, but as we saw, uh, it seems like that series isn't going to be as much of a blowout as we thought it was. But every single other series, I, I feel like is is you know open. It, mm-hmm. it, it's it's you know anybody's to take exactly which is. Which is great for the fan yeah and that's what you want in the playoffs you don't want sweep 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 and then it's warriors warriors calves you know i that era of basketball was was tough um but i mean it it made for some fun times but still i i like this a lot better than the other ones so uh yeah you know what else is open for the taking on what's that the number one overall draft pick. pick so you know what time it is, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to lovely turn into tankathon.com. And I'm going to press a couple keys. Pray to the dear Lord and hope that Cade Cunningham is a rocket in these Sims. So. I'm 0 for 1. I am Jalen Suggs. 1 for 1. Nice. Pistons I am, got, got Cade in Sim number 1. I'm 2 the for Magic 2. Magic got him in number 2. I'm two for two with subs. I'm over two. I'm over two. Give me one at least. Oh, this one's, oh, this taking, one's taking a long, a long time. time to load. Yeah, same. Oh man, Kato number one. Oh man. Oh man. So I I went one for three, but the one I got was Cade. So I went two I for three, it. and I got Suggs both times. Do you? I I, I'll take I it. I'm fine with any pick that is one through four. I I literally I, as I long as we care. get our pick. I am. I do not. I could not care less. I. I think this is one of the draft classes where. I mean, we've said it over and over. Like it feels like every time we do this, it's a broken record. But those top four guys are all good enough to be a star one day, uh, especially Cunningham and Suggs. But I mean, who's gonna say no to a seven foot Evan Mobley who averaged, you know, nearly twenty and ten with three blocks in college? Um, I mean, Jalen Green, obviously going straight to the G League, averaging twenty there. I, it's it's such a good class. I, I think this is going to be, you know, obviously it won't be the 2003 class or anything like that, but uh, I think we'll look back in five years and say this is a this is a really good class. Yeah. I just, oh my gosh. I If we get Cade, I, I don't know. Are we playoff? Are, the team is not good, and we're not contending for a championship no No. but i mean you could realistically go into next season thinking hey we could be the eighth seed at least least. make the playoff play in tournament i mean john wall kid cunningham christian wood i don't know yeah i mean aj martin i guess that's i guess that's what we're looking at but i mean maybe we sneak into the playoffs who knows um what do we want to move on to, though? 
I, I, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm, I'm I, stuck. I, I, I just, I don't want to think too much about Cade because. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to get my hopes up, but man, my yeah. hopes will be really high if, if, if that ping pong ball bounces our way. Anyway, Owen, um, you know what didn't bounce our way this week, unsurprisingly, is our breakout players of the week. Owen, how did, oh. Whit, how did Whit Merrifield do this week? Uh, you know, it's crazy, uh, but he didn't actually do well. Uh, oh, he no. He added one. On the week with a 273 on base percentage, so that's not bad. Uh, but a 431 OPS is below replacement level. Uh, he was bad, and you know, you can you can talk about Whit Merrifield all you want, but how did Jared Kelnick do? Well, he got no hit, unsurprisingly. Um, Mariners getting no hit seems like a weekly occurrence. Yeah, uh, he went two for 24 with a .083 average, ladies and gentlemen, that is not good. Um, yeah, he, he got an off day on Sunday just so he could recharge the batteries. And uh, hopefully they get charged up enough because he uh, only went two for 24. That is not breaking out at all. Yeah. So you hate to see it, ladies and gents. But moving on, Owen, uh, I think we both go pitchers this week, yeah? Yeah, we, we got to take a break from hitters. Yeah, honestly, maybe, we're, maybe we'll, I think we, we we're both making some safe picks this week. It looks yeah, like which, very safe, which is picks. something we need to do. Exactly. So um, who do you got you to go first or should I? Um, You can go. You go. I'll go first. I'm going to go with the uh, a, 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 the ace from the third best team in the National League and the third best team in the National League West. Oh, wow. Uh, and that is Kevin Gaussman of the San Francisco Giants. I think he is one of the most criminally underrated pitchers in the MLB. He is on a contract year, signed a one-year $19 million deal with the Giants. He will be a free agent again after this season, just like he was last year. Um, he was He's 3-0 and in his last month of starts, uh, and he still hasn't lost a start this season. He has a 1.04 ERA in the last month, which is the best in the National League, and a .73 whip, which is second in the National League. Uh, he has been, I mean, along with along with Alex Wood and the rest of that pitching staff, he has been uh, the reason that Giants team has seen so much success. Um, I mean, it feels like every five days he goes out there, it's just going to be a win. Uh, and and you know that's always something you love to have as a as a Major League Baseball team. And um, I I just love his stuff. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Gaussman. Uh, maybe he'll throw the next the next no hitter. He's oh wow! Gonna, I believe he has a start tonight against the Diamondbacks. Maybe the Diamondbacks are the next team to get no hit. It's a big deal, huh? I I will be going with the guy who has already thrown a no hitter this year. His name is Jonathan Means. He's the ace of your Baltimore Orioles in his last seven games. He is three and zero with a one point nine three ERA. Uh, what more needs to be said? This guy is an absolute unit. Um, he actually pitched on Monday, so I'm kind of cheating a little bit. But I picked him before he started. Okay. Uh, he did not pick up the victory. Yeah. He went seven strong, did not get the win. Um, he looked good. He looked really good. Um, and I just think John Means is cut that way. Uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be really excited for the day that the Orioles are contending because I know that John Means, future All Star, former All Star, current All Star John Means will be leading them. Yeah, but I mean. That that Orioles team has started to falter a little bit, uh, which is unfortunate. Uh, but you know who has not faltered? Who the the rest of the AL East? That's that's what. Yes, yes, 
Yeah, the AL East, man. How about the Red Sox, man? The Red Sox, Rays, Yankees, everyone. The Rays have won 10 straight games, Owen. When are they going to lose 11 again? now. It's it's insane. I mean, yesterday uh when when we started, you know, getting ready to record this, they were they were playing against uh the Blue Jays. They wanted the extra innings and then they score 7 in the 10th inning or or the 11th inning. I don't remember which, but they score 7 in the in the extra inning frame. Uh continue the winning streak. They've won 11 in a row. Uh, Rich Hill is pitching out of his mind right now for them. Dick um, Mountain, man. Dick he's Mountain. He's insane. He's insane. But this team is is I, I mean they're on top of the AL East right now. They they have moved ahead of the Boston Red Sox. They have the best record in the AL and the third best record in baseball behind the Padres and the Dodgers. But um, it, it's just it's just crazy to me that this team didn't come into the year with a high payroll. They didn't come in with you know. Uh, super high expectations. They just traded their starting shortstop last week in the middle of this winning streak, uh, and it seems like it made them better, which is just absolutely insane. Um, I, I believe I picked them as a wild card team coming into this season, and a lot of people didn't even have them that high, uh, but they are just so well put together. I think the the guys they got in return for Adamas, Rasmussen, and Fire Eisen could be uh, good pieces for them. I feel like that's the exact kind of pitcher that the Rays just love to take and turn into an all-star level player. Uh, and, and I could certainly see them doing that again, but I love this team. They're, oh, they're man. so fun to they're, watch. They're great. It is it is really awe-inspiring. They have one-third the payroll of the top teams, the Yankees, the Dodgers, the even the Astros. But this team just goes out and they're just a bunch of dogs. And that is... That is something you can't coach. It's grittiness. And they're the island of misfit yeah. toys, but the misfit toys, they're not misfit. They're just dogs. And they just piecemeal together wins, and they accept their mantra. They understand where they're from, and they play good baseball. I mean, it, it, it's awesome. It's yeah. really awesome to see. And, um, and you, know what's, you know what's even better about this team? What? You know what's even better? What? G-Man Choi is Oh, back. yeah. Angels legend. G-Man is back. Choi. He G-Man. returned last Sunday – and he has not lost a game this season. He is 8-0 and in the games that he has appeared in, uh, including yesterday. I believe he came in as a pinch hitter and went 0-for-0 zero zero with two walks, which is exactly uh, the G-Man Choi stat line you would expect. But, That's exactly what you need he, from G-Man, man. It, it is. It is. He is such a good, disciplined hitter at the plate. Uh, he, he's got a ton of power against righties especially. Uh, and, and he's just the kind of guy that that – you know, puts the glue together for that team. Uh, he's just that you know one extra piece that maybe they needed to get to get hot and get out on this win streak, get the clubhouse excited. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and he is that fun guy. You know, you saw during the playoffs, it was him, yeah. Brett Phillips. These are the guys that just are gonna they're gel guys. They're good for the clubhouse, and they they help build chemistry. And I mean, look at G Man, and it's awesome to see the man, the myth, G Man Choi. Awesome, and even Randy Rosarena has three. What is it? Four homers now in this past week, uh, including one in uh, in extra innings yesterday. That was wild. They were down seven to four. Huge. He threw a home run. What are you nuts? Come on, Randy, a Rosa Reina, man, rookie of the year, probably. Um, so probably. that's good. So we talked about those three teams: Red Sox, Rays, Yankees, are all on fire. But my boy John Means and. The other team that is not playing across the border, but in Dunedin, the Blue Jays and the Orioles are ice cold. They cannot seem to get the dubs. The Blue Jays had the lead yesterday 
And then they just blew it. Well, they didn't blow it. The Rays won it back. But still, um, it, it's it's nuts. Yeah. I, shout out Vladdy, though. Uh, that we I feel like we can't do that enough. I feel like we need to do that more. Uh, he's now, I believe, is he tied for the home run lead now with Acuna? Yeah. At 15? Mm-hmm. He's a wagon, man. It's insane. He is so good. It, it, he's a top three first baseman in baseball already, I think. Uh, since they made that switch because obviously his biggest you know issue at the beginning of his career was all the weight his position at third base you know is he going to be able to hold up there Uh, and I think moving him to first was huge for them Um, I mean 1100 OPS best in baseball uh, 15 homers more walks than strikeouts he's he's one of the best hitters in the league already probably top 10 maybe top five Um, so I mean just the fact that he's formidable on defense now is huge yeah, it is. Um, he, he just slowly but surely, you're seeing this Blue Jays team just develop and develop and develop. They may not make it over the hump this year. It, injury to Springer at the beginning of the year, not allowing them to get off to as hot of a start as they would like to. Um, but over time, this team is just going to become that much better. And it, it's pitching for them, right? You know, it's it's getting the arms that are going to get you victories and get you into ball games. Pitching might play you out of some ball games currently, but if you get a couple more arms, that way you can, you know, be confident in your bullpen and be confident um, with your starting rotation. I mean, they tried doing that. They 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 picked up, you know, Hyunjin Ryu and Nate Pearson's coming up, but I feel like there there's still something that needs to be addressed with that team when it comes to pitching. And uh, when they address that, I think they're they'll, they'll be they'll be cooking, they'll be chilling. So. AL East, living it up. Uh, not a lot in the AL Central, Owen, besides the fact that the White Sox are good and the Tigers threw a no-no. Spencer Turnbull, the literally on paper the worst pitcher in baseball last year, throws a no-hitter. That's pretty cool. Uh, like a Lucas Giolito redemption arc? Question mark? Question mark? I question mean, mark? Casey Mize also. We saw it. We saw it from Giolito already. Yeah, and Casey Mize also the night before took took a no no into the what the sixth or seventh something like that. So that I think that, so. Yeah. How about AJ Hinch and the Tigers, man? Watch out! Spencer Torkelson hit his first minor league home run last week as well. Things are on the up and up. If you're a Tigers fan, you may not look that good right now, but oh man, Casey Mize and Spencer Just Torkelson. It's it's, it's and, and I mean another top pick this year, another top pick this year. I mean, what are they going to do with that top five pick now? Um, I assume they don't go pitcher again. Although if Kumar Rocker or Jack Leiter are there for them, I I think it's hard to pass up on them. Yeah. Um, but I mean, we were talking about this a little bit yesterday. We'll probably do some sort of like, uh, uh mock drafting for the MLB or at least something. Um, but but I mean, with the Tigers' timeline and with their farm system right now and their sort of abundance of pitching, it feels like I feel like they have to go with one of the high school shortstops up in there, up there in the top five, either Jordan Lawler or Marcelo Meyer. I mean, that's going to be huge for them if they can get like a franchise shortstop. So you know, five years down the road, you've got that guy coming up, whichever one it may be. You've got Torkelson established in the league. Hopefully, you keep this young pitching staff of I mean, Casey Mize, Matt Manning, Tariq Skubal. Uh, the the list goes on and on. Uh, Turnbull even could be a part of that equation with the way that he's pitched this year. He has a 3.1 ERA in seven starts. So this Tigers team certainly uh, is pretty awful right now. They've lost three in a row. They have the worst run differential in the American League. But uh, the future is not entirely bleak for them. Exactly. And, I mean, like you said, third pick in the draft. 
Um, you're gonna get you're gonna get one of lighter rocker and possibly one of the shortstops. Uh, it, it appears that Lawler could be in fact going one uh, to the Pirates, but I mean there's a, there's a big storyline there if he goes there with the Rangers because he is from Dallas. Um, however, yeah. um, if both of those prep shortstops are out uh, after the first two picks, well then you have your pick of the litter. You can get any one pitcher. I mean, what an arc would it be if Jack Leiter goes back to the tire? Uh, he goes to the Tigers where his dad pitched before. Yeah, I mean that's big. That'd be fun. So I, I think it's really interesting to see that. Um, a lot of a lot of things can be shaken up as we get closer to the draft. Um, I mean, we still got guys playing high school baseball championships. I mean, shoot, we're about to have yeah. college baseball, college World Series action coming your way next week, which is great to think about as well. So. Um, a lot to think about when it comes to the draft, but the White Sox have a plus 64 one differential Owen and the rest of the division is 109 combined. That is all negative. Um, they are the only team yeah. in the AL central with a positive run differential. Uh, but unlike the Marlins, they're actually at the top of the division as they should be. So, uh, I, I don't really think we need to get that much in depth with the White Sox. Just the fact that they're good. Simply put, Yasmani Grandal is awesome. Yeah. Owen. Shut up. Yeah. Oh my God. He's it's, your, it's your boy. Um, what yeah, what did I mean, he do he's, this week? He's such an anomaly. He's so fun to watch. Um, this this month in the month of May, as of I believe yesterday, he had fifty five plate appearances and ten balls in play. Uh, the rest were all the three true outcomes: uh, either a walk, a strikeout, or a home run. He has no in between. He's so fun to watch. He's a good defensive catcher. Um, he's batting below 200, significantly below 200 for the month, and he has an on-base percentage around 500, which should tell you all you need to know about the guy. He does not swing unless the pitch is down the middle, uh, which which I think is just such a cool approach, and it's something that nobody else does. Uh, and I, I honestly think it takes some balls to do because I think a lot of what he does is what other guys wish they could teach themselves to do, and he just does it. He doesn't care if he strikes out because he is looking for his pitch and he knows that he is, you know, if he hits the ball, he's not fast enough to run anything out. So he might as well just look for home runs and walks. Um, and and that, that's just so fun to watch. Uh, and, and one more quick note about the White Sox. Yeah. And it, has, the, has the manager of the best team in baseball ever been fired midseason? I don't think because so. If it hasn't, I would love to see Tony La Russa get fired midseason. Like I, I I don't know if this is a stretch, but I literally think he might be a racist, uh, just because of the way he's treated Yermin in the past week or two, and then his his comments about uh, his comments about Andrew Vaughn yesterday are just I, I think it's hilarious that he he talks about oh Yermin's a rookie like uh, you know he 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 had to you know learn his lesson blah blah blah, but yesterday about Andrew Vaughn. Uh, Another rookie says, oh, he's a solid individual, doesn't celebrate anything too early, which is a clear shot at Yermin, clear shot at Tim Anderson, uh, both who are not white, and, and says his, his attitude, his character, love it, uh, which, which I think for a lot of people just says Tony La Russa likes him because, you know, he's, he's white, uh, and he, he quote-unquote plays the game the right way. Plays which, the game um, the right way. That is a good you know, little, uh, little, uh, little little word play right there plays the game the right way you hear that all the time don't don't mean don't mean to get political but yeah i i, I, it, I, I just think it's hilarious yeah it is um i i don't know if it's i i just feel like there there's a certain amount of not respect but 
when it comes to like Tim Anderson, he talks and he's like, yeah, Tony's like a dad to me. Like, they, I, I, I don't know if that's just a cover up or if that's legitimately how they feel. Like, are they just like, okay, screw you, Tony LaRusso. I'm just going to do what I do. And if you want to punish me and like not play me, that's cool. You're just not going to win baseball games. But at some point, you would think that you would have to side with your manager or, you know, hold on. I'm about to sneeze. Okay, let me get a water water in here. All right. Okay, all right, all right. No, you would you would have to side with your manager, yeah. I mean, it, it it's or your manager would have to side with you. I I, I just don't get that yeah. logic there. Like that's just such a bad picture to be painted. It just shows teams that you have literally no team chemistry. Yeah, and I. And I... Yeah, and I don't understand it because Yermin has the best OPS on the team by over 100 points. Andrew Vaughn has a 742 OPS, which is about league average, a 230 batting average. Yermin Mercedes is still batting 350 with a with an OPS of 930. I mean, this guy is carrying your offense, and you repay him by saying absolutely nothing good about him, uh, saying you are okay with the opposing team throwing at him the next game after... Uh, and in reality, all the dude is doing is trying to hit home runs. He's Nukes. trying to win games. I, I, it, it comes down to more than just a team thing. It's a him thing. The more home runs you get, the more your arbitration salaries are going to be worth, um, the more your future contracts are going to be worth, because every single one of those home runs matters. Uh, and, and you can't just shut down when the other team puts in a player or a position player to pitch. I mean, if they're throwing in the towel, you should punish them. And it's a strategic move on both sides. I don't get it, but yeah, I, I that's don't know. A, that's my little soapbox. That's soapbox a soapbox Owen, little, little soapbox Owen on the, the plus sixty four run. I hate run Tony Larusa. Yeah, you, I, are you sure? I thought you loved them. No, I. such a. They could have had AJ Hinch. They could. They could have. They could have. Could if have they wanted him, they probably could have got him. And that's why I love and... Dusty Baker. <laughs> I do. I love Dusty. Dusty Speaking... Baker is fine. Speaking of Dusty Owen, the only team in the AL West with a positive run differential is the Astros, similar to the White Sox. They have a plus 59 run differential. The rest of the division is a negative 130, yet the Astros are not on top of the division. They briefly took the division lead earlier last week, but the A's have it back now after the Astros got swept by the Rangers in Arlington. I seem to think that the Astros are going to be just Jim Dandy. Everybody was freaking out. Oh, we lost to the Rangers. Oh, oh, oh. Who cares, right? Who really cares? At the end of the day, you look at the it's numbers. It's Adolis the, Garcia at the end of the day. Exactly. I was just about to get there. It's exactly Adolis. But you look at the stats. Yeah. Five of the top 12 batting averages in the American League are all Astros, and that tells you that the Astros can hit the baseball, and that is a good thing. We're talking Yuli Gurriel, Joran Alvarez, Alex Bregman, Jose Altuve, and Michael Brantley. Come on, ladies and gentlemen. There is no need to get all worked up about a series where they're playing at a glorified, oversized grill. It, it, it It's stupid. I, I You know, the Rangers are irrelevant. Where are they going to be? Without Adolis Garcia, they're probably not winning any of those games. It's the Astros' bullpen that needs to be addressed. So, I will say this. Whether it is... Triple A, with as you can see, I I have experience. I've been to every home Skeeters game, and I can see our our bullpen is looking really good. Whether it's that or the two starters that were in Sugarland, be it Jacob Derizio or Amber Valdez, 
who made relief appearance or rehab starts this past week. When the Astros are full strength, they are going to need to figure out their bullpen. Now, when the two of Valdez and Odorizzi are back in the rotation, I assume you would move Luis Garcia down into the bullpen yeah. and, and that, you and would try to figure ton. that out. That does help a ton. But you need high leverage guys that are going to be able to come in. You cannot just be okay. It's a one-run game. Here's Ryan Presley because that's not going to play. Scrub. You need guys like Scrub to perform. And if you say yeah. that last year, you're like, who the hell is Andre Scrub? You need guys like some Scrub. Big last year. You need but. yeah the little the, the slap from Scrub is awesome the little glove slap yeah. that, that's amazing, but Blake Taylor who is another key piece to your bullpen is coming back as well, but is that enough? I I know we're only in May and the trade deadline is still about two months away, but you need to address this. I don't know whether it's going out and getting a reliever. It probably is, but who? You know, I, I just feel like there needs to be a high leverage guy that the Astros can rely on and go to that is going to take them uh, that much better because you can't have nights where your offense is, you know, only giving you two to three runs and it just gets spoiled away. I mean, it's not your starting pitching. Your starting pitching is great. Lance McCullers goes out, throws pretty solid pretty much every game. Granky is coming back yep. to form. It is it is going to be getting relievers that can get in and. Maybe it's Josh James. Josh James is still rehabbing. He should be back with the club by the end of June. I, I just, bias. Yeah. I mean. Throw his name in there. The longest MLB reliever. But my soapbox is this. The Astros, there is no need to freak out about losing or getting swept by an irrelevant team as the Texas Rangers. Now, yeah. if you go out and you do really bad on this homestand in which you are playing the Dodgers, the Padres, and the Red Sox, then there is cause for concern. But this is a perfect span of a week and a half for you to go out and show why you are the possibly best team in the AL and have been making yeah, the, the ALCS. I mean, it's a make-or-break week. Yeah, It's exactly. a make-or-break week. We, we have to – I want us to split with the Dodgers. We only play two against them. They're red hot. Kershaw and Bauer going. Uh, it's understandable if we lose both of those games. I would love for us to take one, but you know, if Luis Garcia loses his start against Trevor Bauer, I'm not going to be, you know, freaking out about that. And uh, I think I think the more important series is when you get into that series with the Padres because that's not just a two game. Um, you know, they're coming in for three games. Uh, you know, we're going to face another one of the hottest teams in baseball who had won nine in a row until yesterday, and and it's just going to be. Uh, a huge testament to this team to see what we do against. I mean, we're we're getting everybody's aces. We're getting Kershaw Bauer against the Dodgers, and then we're supposed to get Darvish Snell Musgrove against the Padres. So, I mean, those five games especially, you get you get into the Boston series. We're going to be facing that offense. The, that's a that's a another great team, uh, and that one we've even got four games. Uh, but I mean, I'm I'm optimistic. I'm cautiously optimistic that we can get something done this week against these teams. Um, I'm just a little bit scared because of how hot the Dodgers and the Padres are, that if we go out and we lose four of five to them, uh, that's going to be deflating. Yeah. So I, I do think that there's going to be some tensions that are going to flare uh, this Dodgers series. I mean, this is probably the one team the Astros fans will probably boo just, just based on what happened last year. Like, could you imagine yeah. if the Joe Kelly incident happens with a crowd of fans in the stands? <laughs> Good God. Oh my gosh. 
I don't know what happens. Uh, I, I feel like if Joe Kelly even some, I mean, he might get Mike Byers treatment from Dave Rogers and just not play because yeah. I, I, I think that could get pretty ugly, but even then, I mean, so he's, you, not, he's not good anyways. Yeah. I mean, Joe Kelly parading around, they're parading him around. Like he's some war hero. He's got a nine ERA on the season. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get our head out of our butts and see how bad this guy is. Uh, yeah. And I, I think Bauer is going to try to stir some trouble. Think about it. Bauer didn't get to pitch against the Astros at all since 2000, the 2018 ALC or ALDS uh, against mm-hmm. uh, where Bregman became his father. Uh, so now he gets to rematch against uh, Mr. Bregman, and that that is going to be fun. I think a lot of storylines are going to come into play over these next two games that are going to be really, really interesting. And then with the Padres, I mean, this is the most electric team in baseball. I mean, Tatis, Snell, Darvish, you name it, they're going to be there. So uh, it's a good show me show me week for the Astros. Show me show me that you can perform this way. Show me that you can be yeah. this good. So uh, that's our AL West soapbox. I really don't have much to say about the uh, the Angels besides the fact that why isn't Joe Adele in the major leagues? He's got ten home runs, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, they didn't start playing in April, by the way. They've only started playing in May. He's hit six home runs in the the six game series against the Las Vegas Aviators. Six home runs. Come on. Gosh. Come on, ladies. He's guys. insane. Come on. Uh, and, and shout out Jose Godoy too. Speaking yes. of minor leaguers, Mister Twenty Thousand, the twenty thousandth major league baseball player to ever play. That couldn't even fill up a stadium, ladies and gentlemen. Jose Godoy yeah. becomes a part the of the club catcher. And you gotta love the worst it. team in the division, and that, that that's just perfect. It's so perfect. Yeah, it's awesome. It is. It is. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of the Mariners, they've lost six straight, but the Angels are still in last place. So yeah, shout out. Every everything's just wonderful and sunny in Anaheim. It's awesome. Go Halos. Love it. Gotta love. Beautiful. Um, Beautiful. NL East is still a, a crapshoot. Um, the Marlins still have a positive run differential. Owen, once yeah. again, check we check that. Yeah. Check that box once again. Whole division is within two you know games of each other. But do you know what? The Braves have joined them in that positive run differential. Ah. So they're not alone anymore. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you just said it. They're, the whole division is within two games of each other. The, the Nationals are two games back from first place, and they're 20-23 and 23, uh, in last place. So anything can happen. Jacob deGrom is coming back for the Mets this week, which is going to be huge. Uh, and, and even bigger, like, there are so many aces in this National League East. It's crazy. It uh, feels like each team has a, a guy who's, like, top 10, top 15 in the league. Uh, the biggest one in my mind is Max Fried because he had yeah. such a slow start to the season. He was really, really bad. And now over his last three starts, he's gone 19 innings, and he has a 1.4 ERA in those starts. I mean, he is looking good these past couple weeks. It is something he needs to continue doing uh, because when the Braves have a pitching staff, they will be good. Austin Riley raking nine extra base hits last week in six games including five homers ronald acuna best player in baseball not really but i mean i i got excited he's top five um Mm -hmm. he's you know the way he started the season was ridiculous and he hasn't slowed down too much he still has an ops over a thousand um freddie freeman is starting to pick things up at least he's still having sort of an interesting season he's batting 235 only uh, but past two weeks, that number is up to 280. He has three homers. I mean, from top to bottom, this lineup is just really, really good. They need Marcelo Zuna to perform a little bit more than he has. Um, but, I mean, when you have guys like Austin Riley, Dansby Swanson, Ozzy Albies picking up the slack, you're in good shape. Uh, at this point, they just need pitching. And if they get that, they will, I think, take control of this division. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, it, it like you said, comes down to pitching. So uh, if they pitch, oh, and we're pausing. We have breaking news, right? So one of the Astro okay. Rockets first round draft picks, uh, the tiebreaker is being announced right now. We don't know, uh, but we will keep posting on that, and we will break that news once we get it to you. But getting back to the Braves, I think that they are obviously the ones that are we pick to win the division sorry i'm just refreshing my phone because it's a big deal are we going to get the 21st pick the 22nd pick or the 23rd pick i don't know who knows um but 23rd it looks like we get the blazers pick right yeah i think shams just tweeted dallas 21 lakers 22 which means blazers are going to be 23 i guess nuts well Uh, i mean it's a it's a two pick difference it's not the end of the world but you know what we move. Um, we move. We we move sadly. Man, Hopefully the this Thunder is... the Thunder got the number four too over the Cavaliers, which is big. Because now if the Thunder take our pick as well, they could potentially have the number four and number five pick like it was projected. So Man. Mercy. So Rockets lose, I guess. They get the worst possible odds for that pick. But you know what? It's fine. It's the twenty third pick. Who really cares? Moving on back to baseball, Owen. Um did, did you see Jacob deGrom in his rehab start? Uh, yeah, it was pretty insane. <laughs> Palm Beach Cardinals had a lovely time against the Port St. Lucie Mets, which include one Jacob deGrom, uh, Cy Young Award winner Jacob deGrom, just mowing down 18- and 19-year-olds like it's like it's nothing. <laughs> and Mason Wynn got on base against him. Hey, Kingwood grab. Shout out Mason Wynn. Shout King out Mason Wynn. So, Stole two bases, too. Wow. Yeah, he was he easy didn't care. killer. Easy but. killer. Um, so yeah, um, you got to feel for the NL East. It's just it's gonna be a dogfight throughout the year, and I love that too. Um, yeah. But Owen, I'm really concerned. Not concerned. I'm wondering what's going on in the NL Central, man. We had written off the Cubs about three weeks ago, and here they are, two games uh, within two games of the Cardinals. Um, and that's the thing, you know, we talk about our teams like, well, we like this team. We like this team. It's very up and down, but throughout these first two months, it's just great to see these teams. It's a game of ups and downs. Yeah. So the Cubs, man, we, we, they're, they're there, the two within, uh, and they have a great run differential too. So I, I would love to see this like three horse race play out between the Brewers, Cubs and Cardinals. I think that's great. Absolutely. Shout out Ian Happ. Mm-hmm. Four homers in the past nine games. Uh, he's batting 324 over the past couple weeks. Rizzo, Contreras, Bryant, and Jock Peterson all have batting averages over 300 the past two weeks. Uh, Javi Baez isn't even in that group. He has three homers over the past two weeks. I mean, this team is clicking. Uh, Nico Erner is is on the major league roster, rightfully so. Um, I, I think if they if they keep playing like this, it could honestly come back to haunt them uh, because if they get good. Uh, at the right time and they end up not trading Chris Bryant that could you know kill them in the future especially if they don't make a run in this year's playoffs but uh, that's obviously a long ways out until then we are going to just you know recognize they're good and Mm -hmm. we I mean you we both said it the Cardinals seemed like they were the best team in that division but the Cubs have the better run differential now and the Brewers back in third place only two games back as well have you know an absolute trio of studs in their in their pitching staff with Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, Freddie Peralta, and, and Christian Yelich is back, which mm-hmm. are you know huge for them. 
so I, I, th- I certainly think the NL Central is a lot more wide open than we thought it was. Uh, we both reacted a little bit early to that, but you know what? It's uh, good to watch. The, the Pirates The Pirates are only seven and a half games back. Hey. So maybe they come back too. Watch out for Cabrian Hayes and Co. Who knows? Uh, I love Jesse Winker, man. Do you like him? Oh, I love him. He's the oh. NL MVP, man. Who knows? He, he's hit six homers in his last six games. Nick Castellanos is batting over 500 in the past week. I mean, this team as a whole just needs pitching. They just need pitching. But, hey, it's okay. We're in May, bar. I really enjoy the Reds, man. I enjoy the NL Central, the former division of the Houston Astros. Gotta love it. Um, Owen, oh, you know, is Jack Flaherty going to possibly win 30 games this year? 25? He has not uh, lost yet. And 25, it's 25 is two. doable. But, geez, I, nine I, starts, he's 8-0. I would think that he wins at least – he might have 20. He might have he 15 by the All-Star break. Which would be absolutely insane. 15 by the All-Star break. That's nuts. Um, Sandy Koufax won 27 games in the 60s. Um, I think that's doable. It, it, I mean, if he keeps up this pace, it will be doable. But we're getting just, into legend. Keep, yeah, we're getting into legendary territory. Talking Kopax yeah, yeah. and that. I mean, he, he still haven't hit the 10, 10 game mark, but he's eight and zero in nine starts. And, and and a lot of that is luck too. I mean, when you look at his run support, he is getting quite a bit of it. But I mean, that that's not to discount the fact that in you know he had a bad first start and was still able to get the win and since then he has basically you know a, a sub two ERA he's winning every single start I mean it's it's insane what he's doing uh, so I, I'm certainly gonna be interested to look out for that I think that's another one where the Cardinals just put him on the mound every five days and they're confident uh, and that's huge so uh, we'll see how that division plays out it's fun um, and yeah I mean. That, that one might look fun with the Cardinals, Cubs, and Brewers, but when you get to the NL West, it's even better, man. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my Lord, Fernando Tatis Jr., 11 for 14, four doubles, four home runs, a 2.752 OPS since he's returned from the COVID IL. What is going on in San Diego? I think he got superpowers while he had COVID. On, on, a, Spider-Man insane. T- on a Spider-Man yeah. type beat. <laughs> He got bit by COVID, and now he's he's not human. That grand slam he hit on Sunday was majestic. And yeah. can we just appreciate the fact that Don Orsillo is one of the best broadcasters in baseball? That broadcast team in San Diego is outstanding. Yeah, they're Everything great. is energetic. It is awesome to watch. And uh, I love it. I love the Padres, man. I love them. Go Dads. Go Dads. My World Series Sorry. pick, man. You got to love them. Uh They've won nine in a row. The Dodgers have also won seven in a row. The Giants got swept by the Dodgers on, but hey, it's the Dodgers. You can't be worried about that. You got Kevin Gaussman to worry about. You're chilling, right? That's my guy. Throwing a no-no tonight, by the way. I'm calling it. You're calling it already. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's. it's either tonight or Sunday against the Dodgers, but I don't see him doing it against the Dodgers, so... I, I wouldn't... I wouldn't. I don't think there's a there's outside the realm of possibility to, for him to do it against the Diamondbacks. Playing no, Diamondbacks, right? Certainly. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's the Arizona Diamondbacks. I mean, what are, I mean, of what all teams, nuts? what are you nuts? Are you crazy? Are you yeah, they're 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 below the Colorado Rockies right now. Shout out the Rockies, by the way. They won their third road game of the year yesterday. They were two and seventeen, and now Boom. they're three and seventeen on the road. Boom! So. Goes the dynamite. 
Coors Field, Coors Field is giving them nightmares. Or, or everything but Coors Field, I guess, is giving them nightmares this year. So. 2-17? and 17? Yeah. What are you, the Minnesota bad. Twins in extra innings? Ha-ha, <laughs> burn. Uh, oh, anyway. anyway. Uh, no, I mean, wow. Wow, Coors Field. So, They've won four in a row, too. Hey, CJ Cronin Co., watch out. Um, I just the pitching in the NL West. You have it in the notes. Gaussman and Wood, five earned runs in their last five starts, forty strikeouts. Julio Arias and Trevor Bauer, four earned runs in their last five starts, forty-five strikeouts. Uh Hugh Darvish and Joe Musgrove, two earned runs in their last five starts with thirty-three strikeouts. That is good, I think. That's pretty good. Um I mean, we we named some of the best guys there, but in that Dodgers duo, you don't even have Clayton Kershaw named. Mm -hmm. Uh, In the Giants one, I mean, you're leaving out Johnny Cueto, who has had somewhat of an okay comeback season. I mean, certainly better than I think a lot of people anticipated them to be just because, you know, it's Johnny Cueto. Uh, He's he's been in the league so long, it's kind of tough to, you know, think of him in the same way. Anthony Desclafani Mm. has a 3.5 ERA. It was a whole lot lower before the Dodgers got to him the other day, but... Uh, even even he's still having a good season. So uh, that that Giants team has a bunch of aces, and then the Padres still haven't got the Blake Snell that they thought they were going to get. So mm-hmm. this this division is full of aces. It's full of great hitters. It's full of great teams, uh, and I think it can only get better. Which is yeah, insane. It, it, it's almost like it's it's like its own All Star division. Yeah? Uh, yeah. Speaking of All Star divisions, Owen, how about the top? We're, we're transitioning for a little bit. Top high school basketball teams are forming their own super league, and I can't help but see the comparisons to the NL West and the Super League. Owen, what were the teams again? It's Montverde, uh, Oak Hill, yeah. and then there's just this random team in Utah that just decided, yeah. hey, uh, we want in Wasatch Academy. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, you look on their roster; they have. You you would look and be like distinguished alumni. There's no basketball players. They have no NBA talent, but hey, they got a horse in the race. They have they have Nolan Hickman, uh, five star oh, wow. recruit this year, but he won't be there next year. But yeah, I mean Oak Hill, Montverde, IMG, uh, La Lumiere out of Indiana, Sunrise Christian Academy, uh, and then Wasatch, along with two other schools yet to be announced. Uh, Sierra Canyon question mark. Yeah. Clearbrook question mark. Clearbrook definitely shoeing, shoeing. Yeah, has to be. Um, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I honestly don't know how to feel about this. It's I, such a, it's such a weird thing to see like a high school, a group of high school kids becoming like a super league. But I guess that's where we are. Well, you're seeing guys like Carmelo Anthony's son announce what high school he's going to. Like, yeah, it's. Crazy. I think we're just it's just starting to minimize the effect that the college basketball has, the recruiting and stuff. Like Josh Christopher did an interview, and he thinks it's great what the G League is doing, and I agree with him. Allowing Absolutely. for you guys to get a, a, a taste, you get to face the Bobby Browns, these guys that have been in the league before mm-hmm. you get, you know, inevitably drafted in a lottery, but. And there have been more guys that have signed with that team just in this past week. I mean, Scoot Henderson, 17 years old, signed with them. So he's going to be the youngest professional basketball player ever, basically, uh, when he starts with them. I mean, there was there were two more this morning, I believe, that signed. So, I mean, it's, it's certainly revolutionizing how we're looking at it. I think it's putting pressure on the NCAA more than anything, which is something that needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Especially um, with the NCAA making a big decision on the NIL uh, at any moment on whether yeah. – Athletes can make money on their own likeness, which I think should is just 
it, it, it's not even it that hard to decide. Sense. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but I think Josh Christopher said, I think what the G League is doing is great, but for some people like me, I would like to get that college experience. And he did. He could have easily yeah. went to go on the Ignite team, but he decides to go to ASU, gets the college experience, has a lot of fun, and now he's going to go to the league. So I think having options as a basketball prospect is something that is huge, and I think that's something that it, we're starting to see. You could either do the G League, you could do this, or you have the high school basketball super league if you want it. So I don't know. I think it's very interesting. Um, yeah. Good for them. Shout out to that random school in Utah. Good for them too. <laughs> So, uh, back to our other. I'm really excited, right? Phil Mickelson, Arizona State University graduate, former Sun Devil, oldest to ever win a major at 50, wins the PGA tournament. Love it. I love it. I love it. And I love it. Forks up. Forks up, man. Forks up. What a champ. Shout Shout out Kepka, too, in second place. Uh... He he's got he's got that bum knee still. Look, looks like he's not even going to be a hundred percent until like the end of this year. Uh, so he was basically playing out there on one leg, finished tied for a second. He was in that final pairing with Phil. Um, and and I mean, you were talking about how normal sports look. Can can, can we talk about that walk down like the crowd? Oh walk my on goodness! The 18th? Oh my goodness! It was insane. That was awesome. I feel bad for Kepka because he said his leg got hit a few times, like his mm. bum leg, but. I mean, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. It is nuts. It's very nuts. Uh, you know what is nuts, Owen? Your your team, UT Baseball, winning their conference championship after TCU gave up seven runs in the ninth inning to Kansas State, of all teams, the Wildcats. Yeah. They lost their weekend series. Good for UT, though. They won two out of three West Virginia, and you lift up the Big 12 Conference Championship trophy. Owen, how does that feel as a student on the 40 Acres? Oh, it feels pretty good. Uh, we are, I, I don't know if I've told you this before, but we are a, you know, everything but basketball and football school. Mm. And uh, we saw that again this week, the women's tennis team won the national championship. So add that one to the trophy collection this year. Uh, and, and I think baseball could do the same thing. We are second in the RPI on D1 baseball, only behind Arkansas. Uh, obviously, you're going to have to compete with Vanderbilt in the College World Series as well, who have two absolute aces, which is going to be huge come that time. Uh, but UT has the same thing. We have, I mean, pretty much nine guys that are usable at pitcher that have thrown at least 20 innings this year. We have four, like, starting quality guys. Um, and, and we can hit. I mean, Yvonne Melendez is a tank. Zach Zubia is a tank. Uh, Douglas Hodo is one of the best center fielders in the Big 12. I mean, it, it, the list goes on and on of just how good this team is. And uh, we're, we're certainly going to be hosting our own regional uh, next week. And... I'm just excited to see who we play against. I mean, the the projections had us against UCLA, uh, the new D1 baseball one, which would be nice. Uh, but I, I think I think we have a very very good shot to go deep into Omaha this year. Yeah, y'all do have a good shot, but do not, I repeat, do not sleep on the youngins over at Phoenix Municipal Stadium, taking two out of three at Dodo Field in Los Angeles. Arizona State is now 21st in the D1 baseball top 25 rankings. That is good, ladies and gentlemen. They have a big series to close out the season, regular season, against UCLA live from Phoenix Muni. Um, They could finish as high as second in the pack, and they could drop to as low as seventh in the pack. So, uh, as of right now, they are projected to be the two seed in the Fort Worth Regional, uh, playing in TCU's Regional against Dallas Baptist and Bryant University. So, 
Uh, I, I, like I said, pitching is, is what gets you deeper into the playoffs. And that's something that ASU has lacked the entire season. Now, are they hot? Yes. This team is really hot. And I think that if they can continue this momentum going into, they could spoil a, a, a regional and find themselves in the supers really easily. But once again, this is a freshman team. They are not old at all. And next year you're getting back your ace and your other ace in the hole. And you're pretty much your entire weekend rotation is coming back next year. Everybody, Ethan Long, the hottest ba- hottest hitter in college baseball is coming back next year. These are all true freshmen. So a lot of good stuff to look forward to for Tracy Smith and co going into this last week of the regular season. So I'm just really excited for college baseball playoffs, man. That is fun. Get how yeah. fun Omaha I mean, is. It, yeah. It's it's a blast to watch. We've even got some t- a, a taste of softball regionals this week, which is which is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of reminds you that uh, not only is baseball coming, but there are some great softball games going on too right now. Um, UT also in the top twenty-five there. Don't know if you knew, mm-hmm. uh, but you know probably not winning the national championship there because Oklahoma still exists. Mm-hmm. But they're just such a wagon. Uh, ASU yeah. lost their regional, uh, so they were eliminated. Sad times, wow. but it's okay. They had a really good season. Home run, you gotta love it. So moving on, uh, Julio Jones calls or Shannon Sharp calls Julio Jones on Undisputed on Fox Sports One. Julio actively says he wants out of Atlanta and he does not want to go to the Cowboys. He quote unquote just wants to win. So that's interesting. Gotta love that. For Julio, I would like to see him as much as I say I'm a Texans fan. Can you imagine him and AJ Brown in Tennessee? That would be crazy oh, to man. think about. Oh man, uh, that would be a whole lot of fun. But uh, I mean, I you know, do I do I want to see that? I don't know. I don't as know if you, I don't know if you want to see that. As a Texans sort of fan, I don't want to see it. Um. Sorry, I'm just looking. I'm just looking at uh, the fact that UT softball also won their regional, so I'm a little distracted right now. Oh yeah, uh, had to look that up. But you know what? We beat Oregon to win the the regional, which is huge. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, Julio Jones, Aaron Rodgers could be next. Uh, he hasn't shown up to OTAs. He previously, you know, in in former years, was a guy that would show up to OTAs. He hasn't done that this year. Uh, Deshaun Watson's still a wild card. We don't know what's going on with him, but. Uh, Julio Jones seems just as adamant in these, uh, as these other guys. He said, you know, I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how the league shakes up this year. Uh, the NFL has not had as much of that in recent years as what we've started to see in the NBA, especially where guys, it seems like, just move teams. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's going to be crazy to see what, you know, Matt Ryan does in a new era in Atlanta with, uh, with Calvin Ridley. Yeah, Calvin Ridley carried my fantasy team last year. Yeah, he's a great fantasy performer. Very good. Um, and oh, and our last thing. Speaking of our sort of Texans, sort of fans, uh, can we pour one out for Ryan Finley, whose tenure as a Texan has come to an end, just so that the Texans could sign? Drum roll, please, Jeff Driscoll. Ah, ah, Jeff Driscoll, let's go. Um, so your quarterback room now includes Tyrod Taylor, Davis Mills. Jeff Driscoll and oh yeah Deshaun Watson who did not sign up or come to OTAs uh I I don't know I I'm not even gonna say anything I'm just done with it I'm over football it's baseball season it's basketball season so strap in ladies and gentlemen 
So I, I I'm yeah. done. I'm done with it. I'm done with uh, it. Football season is not until August. I, I couldn't September. care less about the NFL right yeah. now. Who cares? I'm done with it. Basketball time. Go turn your TV on, ladies and gentlemen. Watch some NBA playoffs. Watch Fernando Tatis do great things. Just just consume sports that are actually good, right? And pray for the Rockets. Pray for the Rockets while you're at it. On that note, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Controlled Chaos Pod. Controlled spelled C-N-T-R-L-D Chaos Pod. Uh, Make sure you follow Owen on Twitter. Throw him a follow at Owen Kiska with two eyes. Me at Wooly Zach. Uh, As always... Make this week your best week. Have a great week. Keep that same energy, and we will see y'all next week. Peace.